Good afternoon, everyone, and good morning for my friends in the West. It's going to be super exciting gaming discussion today. We have got some very exciting entrepreneurs, leaders, and meta visionaries who are not just bringing what gaming can do, but also are full-time players of the games which we all play. I want to just call Theo, who is seen as one of the meta visionary leaders across the globe. Theo is the CEO of Metamonic, which is building intelligent gameplay infrastructure for video games. That sounds very exciting. And he is also known as Tony Shark of Web3 by his three cats. And we'll love to know what are the names of his three cats is. But as you all know, Theo is a senior exec in the tech industry, accomplished keynote speaker, author, and technology futurist, who has now turned his attention to the potential of the metaverse and Web3. Let's have Theo on the stage with us, please. Hello. Hi, AJ. Hi, everyone. Uh, good morning and uh, good evening and good afternoon, I should say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we are global in metaverse. It's, you know, some, some places we are probably not even seeing the nights and it's always the morning, right? <laughs> it's very exciting. And I see your gamer chair in the back, right? But before that, oh, yeah. where are your cats? <laughs> oh, um. Actually, I have one in the cat tree, which you can't see because of the background. I've got a virtual background, but I have one in the cat tree uh, behind me. Um, I uh, One's in the lounge and another one's in the bedroom that I know of. So um, the one in the tree is called Loki because he is a bit Loki, of a joker. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Ruby is in the Ruby is in the uh, lounge. And then there's Boo, the smallest one. Um, but the two large cats are Maine Coons, which are the, the big, huge fluffy cats uh, largest ones that you can get as a domestic breed so lots yeah, of fluff everywhere <laughs> so I, I i did not have a cat ever but i had a puppy and her name was louie so <laughs> and i love it when you said tony shark or tony stark of web3 you know and that's very exciting and you know that brings me to a very interesting point here because a lot of people think whether we talk about metaverse or web3 they think this is a myth and in fact, when we talk about metaverses, people think that why would they ever do something in the 3D uh, scaled universe when they could mm -hmm. do something better in the physical world, whether it's a meeting or whether it's a handshake, right? And they feel that they enjoy this most. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, do you think this is the future? Is this? I think it's important to recognize that the metaverse, um, certainly in, in various forms and guises have been with us for a long time you know for the past 20 years for example the most famous for the most famous one that we know about is second life um second life has been going for 20 years um people have built businesses and been successful entrepreneurs within a virtual environment in second life have made money they've built worlds they've built their life they live a, a life physical as we do and then, uh, and then part of that life is spent online in, in this environment as well. Um, and then you have people like uh, who play games um, and virtual virtual worlds and online games, large MMOs, for example, are examples of metaverse platforms. You know, people have spent lots of time and money in these worlds, developing their own persona, developing their own life and lifestyle. Um, and they enjoy that. And I think it's it's important to recognize that whilst some people don't see a value in the metaverse, other people absolutely do. Um, and it's those opportunities that are really exciting for lots of people. I think that, that perfectly summarizes it. And again, 
you know, I always use this word from Prakrit, which is the mother tongue, mother language of Sanskrit, um, which says anekantvad, which means that multi-perspective. Mm -hmm. And that means that metaverse is multi-perspective for multiple people, multiple companies, brands, and in fact, the developers. Sometimes you have to understand what you want to achieve with the metaverse before you could actually think about how it should be done, right? And if you look at it currently, the way how things are seen, most of the brands, and I would not call it, you know, there are BMW, which is working with NVIDIA to build a metaverse factory. You know, there are brands which are working with Microsoft to build, uh, again, future of factories encompassed with IoT and all. But many brands are seeing metaverse as a go-to place for marketing, right? Versus there are companies like, you know, what, what I always believe that metaverse is actually built for business. Do you think that this train will change? Because right now everyone is talking about hosting shows in the metaverse. Okay, let me launch something in the metaverse. But what I always believe that this is not what metaverse is actually built for. It is built for something big. What do you think? No, I agree. Uh, the metaverse, uh, like you say, it's multiple perspectives. You, you've, you mentioned um, BMW and NVIDIA, for example, building simulations of factories. Uh, absolutely. The military are building, the military are always building simulations. But I mean, there's, there's military application in terms of simulating what happens in warfare. Smart cities, for example, people want to build smart cities and then simulate the environment with by populating it with uh, AI actors or people to see, you know, how how would you build better roads? What kind of infrastructure would work properly? And then you have the businesses who want to build retail, for example, shopping malls, um, brand businesses, engage with customers in new ways, marketing, how to create new goods and services, tying it with NFTs, for example. This is the big thing. Loyalty platforms as well with digital goods and services and collectibles, you know, and we see. Disney, we see McDonald's, we see Starbucks all exploring this now. So like you say, the metaverse is multifaceted, multi-perspectives. People will use it in their own way. And I think that, again, that lends to the exciting perspective and lens that it's not just one thing and it's not just all about shows and entertainment. It can be a broad spectrum of things. Totally makes sense. So I saw that you have been doing something different than you entered into the Web 3.0 for the last couple of years. Tell me about the journey of Metamonic. And what do you mean by game economy infrastructure? Because we, I've been playing games throughout my life. And then, you know, now there are things which is talking about gamers economy, creators economy, and then you're going to the next level where you're providing the infrastructure for this. Tell us about this journey. Tell us about what exactly it means and who can actually take the leave of this. Yeah, sure. So we actually started as a, a, a game studio ourselves, play to earn. We were building very complex um game economy um token-based economy um and as part of that journey we were looking at what tools were available um to help us build so every, everybody knows unity and unreal but the, you obviously have a developer pipeline of different tools and infrastructure to help you build games because you've got everything else of what a game constitutes not just the visuals um and one of the things that we discovered was that everybody still uses spreadsheets um excel Google Sheets to design their game economy. Now, game economy is a broad term. It can be the financial economy, goods and services like in EVE Online or World of Warcraft or in Gold. Um, or game economy can also mean gameplay mechanics. 
So everything from leveling up your character to how many hits it takes to kill a, a boss level creature, how many, you know, how many beans you can collect and candy crush and what is the process, all of that starts with a spreadsheet. And and I found this fascinating that in a, in a, a world or in an industry that is very technologically advanced, they are using tools from like the 1970s. So um, we started to develop some of our old tool, our own tools. And one of this was a platform, a cloud-based platform that allows you to essentially replace uh, Excel and build your game economy and your gameplay mechanics in real time and then run it via API. And we actually, we, we discovered that this was a platform that we could take to the market and actually address this gap that there was, which was replace Excel with something much better and much more robust. Um, and so we stopped making the game and actually focused on making this platform. Um, and again, the platform gives the developers the opportunity to design the game economy, but then simulate what happens when you actually run it, this economy and how many players interact and, and you know, to, to, to make sure that there's checks and balances and, and the game is playable and not unfair uh, and everybody has fun. Um, and then you can run this in real in, in runtime. It's a runtime tool, so it's not just simulation. You can actually press go, and it will handle the game economy for you, um, and then balance it in real time. Um, and then we acquired a, an AI platform uh, recently, back in May, which allows us to examine what player behavior, uh, what players are doing in the game itself in context with the game economy and the gameplay mechanics. So I see you, AJ, running around, and I see you being the best killer there is in this RPG game. And that tells me that those are the things that you like as a player, and that's how you like to behave in the game. So it tells me as a developer, well, AJ likes killing monsters, so maybe we'll create new content around lots of monsters for AJ to kill. We can, um, you know, design retention strategies if you're getting bored to to give you things that help you kill better and things like that. So those insights tied with the the game economy and the game mechanics has created this kind of like infrastructure platform that helps people build better worlds. Very interesting. And I think the way how gamers economy is actually going towards people are, you know, now, as they say that there was time when people were just seeking information, then they were grabbing information. Now they want to experience information and gamification is one big way of experiencing information altogether while playing the game. And in fact, many of these uh, companies and brands that we are also actively working with, we are seeing that now what they're saying that, hey, I want to create uh, education uh, video or content for some of my partners or clients or whatever it is. But it cannot be just a plain 2D video. Can we create a game so that they can actually, while they play this, they learn about it. And of course, as you rightly mentioned, knowing the detailed dots about the experience that the gamer is you know, having while they're playing game and what kind of flow of data that can go in the backend, which can tell us about the behavior, expectational behavior, and what kind of actions which is driving those behaviors. That is like the gold mine. And I'm sure some of your clients might be very excited about that too, because so far, and this is very in line with my previous question, which I also asked about when we think Web 3.0 or Metaverse, or even in your case, gamification as a short-term marketing campaign, it doesn't add any value because then it's just, okay, I wanted to do something. Um, you know, I know about a brand which did a comedy 
Munch in the Metaverse, another brand which actually launched a, a pop show in the Metaverse. But those were like 48 hours long stints. I call it meta meta stints, as we say. And then they are like gone. They spent probably hundreds of thousands of dollars, but nothing big as such received in terms of ROIs. But when we see these platforms as a data platform, then it becomes way bigger than what they are right now. In fact, brands are looking for that, right? And what do you see? And this is in you know uh, in line with the question that I also have for you, and just came out of um, you know nowhere. But what do you see the the future of these gamers economies are, right? And how a brand could leverage this? Because right now, what I'm seeing, gamification is bigger than the game itself. But what you're saying is that when we talk about gamers economy, that's even bigger. Tell us more about it and what do you think of future there? Well, you touched on it um, just now in terms of building experiences within the games. And I think what we've seen is, uh, what we recognize is that marketers and brands have no idea actually how to tap into the video game industry. You know, for a, it's an industry that is actually bigger than the film industry in terms of market size and market opportunity. And yet everybody knows how to market in a, in, a, in, in a film, you know, product placement. You know, I know where to put my a bottle of, uh, you know, alcohol, branded alcohol or a, a piece of technology. You find them, you know, in the films, but you don't find them anywhere in, the, in games because um, it's all games and uh, metaverse experiences have always been regarded as playtime, not very serious. But you look how much money there is in, in games. The industry is huge. People spend inordinate amounts of money on content that they can't own, which is another part of the whole Web3 and Metaverse experience, which is, you know, I own the item now. I can take it from world to world. And this is something that I think brands are going to have to wake up to. So one, how do I design an experience, an experience within an experience? So if I'm in a game, I could actually, as a brand, contact the developer and say, I want to make a meta game in your game that players can engage with that relates to my brand. And then at the end of that, they could be rewarded with an item, a digital item that they could own in that game, use it in that game, and then perhaps take it into another game. And, you know, Nike is doing this with their, you know, with their sneakers, for example, digital sneakers. So I think there's massive opportunity. Um, and I think marketers and brands need to start thinking about in 3D, and they need to start thinking about an immersive experience is not flat banner and advertising. You know, it's a different world now. Right. Are you working on any other exciting project that you'd like to share with, you know, without keeping any of your non-disclosures intact, but any other exciting project that you want to share or anything which you feel that the community should be aware about? Because gamers economy is big, game creation and asset industry is growing big and you absolutely touched on right where you said, you know, this will continue to grow bigger because as and, you know, as much as and as soon as brands will continue to realize that this is the best way to reach out to the right target audience, especially if your audience is between 19 to 35, which is pretty much 60 to 65 percent of your entire buying universe. Right. That's the best. Uh, anything to you that you want to add? Um, yeah, I see, um, I'm seeing big shifts happening in loyalty and reward programs. Now we've seen that with, um, McDonald's and Starbucks, uh, like I said earlier, I think, and it's, it's fascinating to see people starting to integrate metaverse and web three experiences and NFTs into their existing loyalty programs and reward schemes, 
where they're now where they want to tap into different types of audiences. So audiences, so there are customers who enjoy digital experiences, enjoy um, sort of engaging with the brand and collecting points and spending money, etc. But now they're looking to how do we bring those customers on this Web3 journey? And the easiest way for those brands to do that and the most invisible way and is is to uh, align it with existing loyalty programs that these customers already engage with and have already signed up to. So we're actually starting to have conversations with a number of people. We're talking with a big four consultant, one of the big four consultants, uh, one of the largest game companies um, in the world, uh, one of the largest CRM companies in the world, um, uh, around around these kind of initiatives and how do we use what we've built, our platform, which designs game me mechanics, right? as part of this opportunity to design more intricate game gamified um, loyalty programs as well because loyalty is 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 a game you know you as a user you are you are basically leveling up your character with points on a on a scale and that's essentially what a game is so you know by taking our platform and obviously helping people sort of design more more fun and engaging loyalty game you know loyalty programs and reward schemes and then tying that back into what's at web3 and nfts you know um we're we're bringing customers on this journey that weren't on this journey before absolutely totally makes sense and i'm glad you talked about loyalty and reward programs in fact uh, Armand is launching a, a platform called channel wars as we talk about the, the the gaming go games platform that they have built but it was so amazing speaking to you Theo. a lot to learn and a lot to collaborate talk to you soon bye awesome awesome